It's time to talk sports. It's Hacksaw's Headlines. A panorama of the world of sports. Stories, comments, and opinions. Now, here's iconic sports talk show host Lee Hacksaw Hamilton and co-host John Riley. Who wants to talk sports? We do. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Lee Hacksaw Hamilton from our Dixieline Lumber and Home Center studios in San Diego with my co-host, the venerable John Riley. We welcome you to bonus coverage, our podcast, Hacksaw's Headlines, and we're going to do something really different with our show today. John, good afternoon. When was the last time you went to the movies? Do you go see lots of movies or just sports <laughs> movies? How are you? I'm doing great. I mean, there's so many great sports movies out there, but I, you know, I stream a bunch. I don't go to the theater as often as I used to, uh, but sports movies is a great topic. We started brainstorming over coffee one day about doing some different things here with our podcast, our bonus coverage. And all of a sudden, we came up with this idea, let's do sports movies. Well, there's a lot of great sports movies out there. And and then for some reason, because of my background, not just in the NFL, but what I did in hockey, we decided, let's pick a movie and let's just talk about it. And because I lived the movie we're going to talk about, that was a perfect fit. But first, let's look at the Rolodex of great movies that John and I kind of reviewed and looked at. Uh, we go to the movie theater, movies on the left. Look at all those baseball movies. I tried to go through and made a list of about 45 sports movies we kind of enjoyed. And large preponderance were baseball movies. Now, this is just one man's opinion, but these are some of the best baseball movies that I like. So, John, Field of Dreams, The Natural, Bull Durham, amongst others, League of Their Own, Moneyball, 42, Eight Men Out about the Black Sox scandal. Which of the, those baseball movies kind of hit your button? Oh, I mean, there's a lot of really good ones in there. I mean, 42 was a more recent movie, but that was very well done. Bull Durham is always a lot of fun. So is The Natural. One of my buddies really hated The Natural. He thought it was too dramatic, you know, when he hits the home run at the end. But every single one of those movies is great. And, and uh, you know, there, there, where's, there's other baseball movies that aren't on the list. Where's The Sandlot? Do you like that movie? Well, The Sandlot and Bad News Bears. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, th- there's so many great ones. And like I said, I came up with 45 uh, movies that I thought, yeah, I really like. But a, a large chunk of them were baseball. But because we can't do this show for three days in a row, <laughs> I had to had to limit it. Now there are some others, uh, you know, NFL movies. Uh, more recently, uh, I thought one of the best I ever saw was Denzel Washington. Remember the Titans? I was emotionally involved because I was there in the plane crash. We are Marshall. I mm. covered that story in my young broadcasting days. Um, the old story about terrorism in the Super Bowl, Black Sunday, the great high school football story about the state of Texas, Friday Night Lights, which was a spinoff of a book that was written tremendous. And one of the great pro football ones, North Dallas 40, and obviously Rudy. Uh, I think Remember the Titans was the absolute best, but I have an emotional link because I covered the terrible plane crash at Marshall University. And you? Yeah, those are all, again, great movies. Rudy always makes me feel good when I watch that movie. I don't know what it is about it. It's just well done. Remember the Titans is terrific. Um, so, And then the North Dallas 40, that's the one that had the two versions, the old one with Burt Reynolds and the new one with Adam Sandler. Those are a lot of fun as well. And 
the more recent one, controversial as it was, The Blind Side. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many great football movies. Now, there were a couple of others that kind of changed pace. Um, I didn't find much in basketball. Uh, however, you know, if you, you look at some in basketball, White Man Can't Jump, as weird as it was, got great responses along the way. And there have been some others about college recruiting and, and college sports. And then if you look... There's non-baseball, football, basketball movies. Chariots of Fire was, I just thought, spectacular. If you're a redneck from the Deep South, (laughs) Days of Thunder, Tom Cruise. That was a good one. Robert De Niro's Raging Bull. Just absolutely amazing. So we had a whole laundry list of non-big sports movies. Any of those kind of draw your response? Well, first of all, for basketball movies, Hoosiers is oh. fantastic. Um, yeah, that was that, on the that list. That was on the list. You it's, took it off the list. Yeah, well, it's on the list. Here, take a look. There it is. It's up in the upper left. Oh, Hoosiers, to me, is the best basketball movie of all time. And I happened to get a video copy of Hoosiers, and part of it also had scenes that were cut out that did not make the movie. And some of the scenes with Gene Hackman, they never got on the thing, wound up on the floor. They were pretty doggone good, too. So, to me, Hoosiers is the epitome, the best of basketball. Oh, for sure. And then, you know, of the of the non-baseball movies, Rocky is the one. That's one of those movies when it's playing on a Saturday, like on, you know, TBS or something. And it's on. I'll stop. And I'll watch that for the 27th time. I've loved that movie. I like Rocky 1, but all the others that followed it. Well, the, the Creed movies are good. Have yes. you seen those? Yes. I like those. Um, and I, I, I want to go back to football and comment. You know, Friday Night Lights, have you seen the TV show Friday Night Lights? No. That is really well done. I highly recommend that. So I went through all these lists and said, wow, look at all these names. We'll just post them for the fans to respond. And the one thing that was missing, and I, I couldn't quite figure out why, there was no hockey movies. Where are the hockey movies? And since John and I like hockey, we decided that we were going to do this show because I lived this life the first group of years as a young broadcaster. We are going to look at, evaluate, and tell some stories for the hockey fans that follow us with the movie Slapshot. Hi, Jim Carrigan. Uh, Dennis, uh, I know that some in our audience don't know the finer points of hockey. Uh, could you tell them, for example, uh, what is icing? Well, um, icing happens when uh, the puck comes down, bang, you know, before the other guys, mm-hmm. nobody there, you know. Mm-hmm. My arm go comes out, then uh, the game stops and start up. Mm-hmm. I see. <clears throat> uh, what is high sticking? High sticking happens when uh, the guy takes the stick, you know, and he go like that. You know, you don't do that. You don't do that? Oh, no, never, never. Why not? Against the rules. You know, you're stupid when you do that. Just some English pig with no uh, brain Dennis, at all, uh, you know. What is uh, slashing? Slashing is um, like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a penalty for that? Yeah. Uh, and for a trip also, you know, oh. like that. And mm-hmm. for hook like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, for spear, you know, like that. Mm-hmm. All bad. Bad. You do that, you go to the box, you know, uh, Two minutes by yourself, and you feel shame, you know, mm-hmm. and then you get free. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. That became the first movie of great popularity. It has become a cult movie 40-plus years after it was made. A takeoff on the league that I broke into 
everybody knows about Slapshot and the phraseology and the things these players said, trade me effing right now, (laughs) or old-time hockey, or 10,000 mill workers put on waivers. Mm -hmm. It's it's just fascinating. So we're going to talk about the movie Slapshot. The goaltender in that movie was on my team in the North American Hockey League. Really? Nice. And they used as, and I will talk about the genesis of the movie and the details, as they put the ideas together, they decided we will use real hockey players, minor league hockey players, who had just completed their playoff season, and they will be part of the movie. So, questions, because our Slapshot Podcast is brought to you by Dixie Line Lumber Home Center Stores, nine locations to serve you in San Diego County. You got projects for the holiday season coming up or plans for the new year? You need these people as your teammates, Dixie Line Lumber and Home Center Stores. John, you got questions. I am sure I'm going to have answers. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, let's talk a little bit about this, the movie Slapshot and how it all came to be, because I know, yeah, your background as a minor league broadcaster, you have a new insight on this. Johnstown Jets. Just outside of Pittsburgh, South Central Pennsylvania. That's where this movie was based. Johnstown Jets became the Charleston Chiefs. Uh, They played at the Cambria County War Memorial. Minor league hockey at one of the lowest levels in a dying mill town. Johnstown, up until the point of this movie, was best known for the 1938 floods that killed everybody in southwestern Pennsylvania. This movie portrayed the life of a dying hockey team saved by the arrival of three young brothers from the Iron Range of Minnesota. It's a story about champions. These guys came to Johnstown, which was in last place, and changed everything about Johnstown Jets hockey. And it's a true story of from last place to first place in the North American Hockey League. And that was the the starting point for the movie. Next question. Okay, well, uh, the next question I have is NHL, WHA. I mean, the WHA merged with the NHL, didn't it? National Hockey League started in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. They had what they called the original six. Uh, that was the New York Rangers and Montreal Canadiens and Toronto Maple Leafs and Detroit and Chicago, etc. Boston Bruins. That was the original six. They operated that way till 1967, and all of a sudden, nobody expected it. They added six more teams to the original six. Flyers, Pittsburgh Penguins, Minnesota North Stars, who invented the game, St. Louis Blues, Oakland Seals, and the L.A. Kings. And then as they progressed, they went further. Then there was other expansion, 1970, Vancouver, Buffalo. Then there was Atlanta, New York Islanders. And the league kept expanding. In the process, obviously more jobs became available. But in the mid-1970s, the other league formed the Outlaw League, the World Hockey Association. Mm. And the NHL looked down on them and said, so, you're going to be in markets that we didn't want, so? Well, the WHA started stealing the NHL goaltenders. Hmm. They signed Jerry Cheevers, Stanley Cup, champion, Boston Bruins, mega contract, Bernie Perrant, Philadelphia Flyers, jumped to the WHA, and then Bobby Hall, Chicago Blackhawk, the Golden Jet, he signed. And it led to a ton of NHL players who had been under the thumb of these owners and not making much money, to go get paydays. It changed the whole scope of things. Well, as that happened, minor league hockey changed. Originally in the original six, the minor leagues were the American Hockey League, which is still in existence, the old Western Hockey League, which had a great run 
Those were the top two. They were kind of like the triple A of hockey. And then there was a second tier, which is like the double A of hockey, the International Hockey League, which is in the Midwest, and the North American Hockey League, where I was, which was kind of on the eastern seaboard on the north and in the deep south. All of a sudden, there are a lot more guys going to the NHL, WHA making money, not making the rosters, and coming down to our leagues. Now, Hmm. our league was the top developmental league for the World Hockey Association. Oh, nice. So, therefore, we got access to look at a lot of players. And, therefore, you had the birth of the WHA, the NHL expansion, the growth of minor league hockey. It was everywhere. And then that led to what happened next the next topic on the table is <laughs> it's well, we'll talk about the Jets here and like a little bit about who are these Carlson brothers, because that's who the movie was based on. The Johnstown Jets were a franchise had been in existence for a long time in, in southwestern Pennsylvania. Very successful minor league team went through a really bad time. Their working agreement was not working out. They had lost a bunch of players who had gone to play up top at the WHA and they were in last place. And the Jets went and acquired, through the help of the WHA affiliate, the Minnesota Fighting Saints, they got these three young brothers out of the Iron Range in northern Minnesota. Their names were the Carlson Brothers. In the movie, they're known as the, quote, Hanson Brothers. (laughs) But they are real guys. And you have to understand that the Jets, like a lot of these other places, were traditional franchises and small markets, and they were kind of the cornerstone of the sports fans in the market, the tradition of the town's team. Back in the day, guys would play their whole career in Johnstown, couldn't move up because there are too many guys with the original six. Mm-hmm. So everybody who went and played the American League, for the most part, stayed in the American League. And the guys that came to our league, there are a lot of great old veteran players there, and they made a decent living, etc. But when the WHA came into existence, then all of a sudden guys were moving all over the place. So Johnstown's in huge trouble. And then all of a sudden, they get these three young brothers. Now, their names, the Carlson brothers. The Carlson brothers. So here's the photo of them. These are the original Carlson brothers that showed up in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. They came from the Minnesota Fighting Saints to the WHA on a minor league contract. Jack, Jeff, and Steve. Uh, I think two of them were 19. One of them was 18. And they showed up, and I got to see the first game that they played. I broadcast the first game that they played in Johnstown on New Year's Eve, Cambria County War Memorial. These guys all wore black helmets. They all had black horn rim glasses. Hmm. It was, they were ugly looking. Anyhow, <laughs> so they show up with mm-hmm. Johnstown. And our team, the Mohawk Valley Comets, we always played there on New Year's Eve and got our ass kicked every year. Because it's tough to go from Utica, where I was centered, nine hours on a bus, get off the bus and play, and then get on the bus and go home. Yeah. That's what minor league hockey was. So these three brothers show up, and they are rough, and they are tumble, and they change everything as it relates to Johnstown Jets hockey. In the movie... Instead of calling them the Carlson brothers, they nicknamed them the Hanson brothers. <laughs> and these are the guys, They two of those are the brothers. The third one, Dave Hanson, filled in for the third brother who was still in the NHL playoffs at that point. So those guys became the stars of the movie. And for the first time I saw the movie, I said, nah, it's a strange movie. I kind of turned off. It just, it, But then the more I thought about it over the years... This stuff really happened. 
95% of the stuff in the movie is true. Now, there may be some Hollywood fringe stuff attached to it. But the Hanson brothers were actually the Carlson brothers in the movie. And then what proceeded to take place was true. They terrorized the league. <laughs> they went out and they mugged everybody. They fought with everybody. Uh, they took a last place team, made it a first place team. Whereas Johnstown used to struggle to draw a thousand per game, they were drawing three thousand per game in a mill town that the steel mill had already closed. Nice, as Paul Newman said in the course of the movie, ten thousand mill workers put on waivers. That's what Johnstown, Pennsylvania, was. Wow, these guys saved that franchise and just changed the whole aura of what minor league hockey was. Well, Lee, I have a question. If we go back to the the the, the Hanson brothers here in the movie. Those three guys, are you saying they were the Carlson brothers in real life or yes. these actors? Or no, they... those are all players. They all played for the Johnstown Jets. Okay, so, but are those the real Carlson brothers? Yes. Oh, right on. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. They, they did what they did, and that's the history of those guys. So let's talk about the history of the movie, actually, why this happened. Yeah, I mean, the movie has, uh, you know, Paul Newman as the star here. <laughs> so how did this all come about? It was a player in Johnstown. His name was Ned Dowd. He was a college-educated player on a last-place team. Anyhow, he played for a couple of years with the Johnstown Jets, and his sister was a Hollywood screenwriter. And somewhere over Thanksgiving dinner one year, the idea came, what about a movie about minor league hockey? And then that evolved into, what about a movie about going from last place to first place in a town that had no future. And then it became, what about a movie about the Johnstown Jets? Of course, Ned Dowd had played there. So he had all the insight <laughs> and he had all the contacts, et cetera, to make this happen. So Ned Dowd's sister is the one that wrote the screenplay to make this work. And then they said, well, we obviously need a lead actor. Who do we go get? And they looked at a lot of different people. But he has, had to skate because they, he's going to be part of some hockey action. Mm-hmm. And they settled on Paul Newman. And settled. <laughs> Paul Newman decided, yeah, let's take a run at this. Uh, he's done so many great historical movies, oh, but yeah. Paul Newman, Cool Hand Luke, and everybody else mm -hmm. uh, became the player coach. And the most intriguing thing to me is the whole atmosphere of lower minor league hockey. And Paul Newman is the player coach of the, quote, Charlestown Chiefs. We're about to go out of business because they're in the last place in a mill town that's dying. And they're saved by the Carlson Hansen brothers. But minor league hockey is like a life nobody else ever experiences. 95% uh, of the story is true. Everybody in the minor leagues is angry. You're either a young player trying to claw your way out to get to the NHL or the WHA at that point. You're an old player who's pissed off that he's down in the minor leagues, <laughs> riding the buses, drinking beer and eating hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Minor league hockey is road trips, bars, beers, babes, and brawls. That's what the North American <laughs> Hockey League was. That's why genesis, the genesis of the movie and why it became so famous. They shot a large chunk of the movie in Johnstown, Pennsylvania. They went to Utica. They shot a chunk of it in our building where the Comets played because we were the focal point of a really bad brawl that the Hanson Carlson brothers got themselves involved in, went to Syracuse, went to Cape Cod, which were other members of the league. And the unique thing, aside from getting the aging coach, Reggie Dunlop, a.k.a. Paul Newman, to star, is they went out and they decided they wanted hockey players from different teams in that league to come play supporting roles. 
Nice. So like three-fourths of the guys that skated were mm-hmm. guys from our league, including a number of players from my team in Mohawk Valley. And then how do we do how do we stage the games? Well, you could, you know, you can tight fit and shot and hockey action. Mm-hmm. But they decided we're going to open up the doors to the arena and everybody can come at 8 a.m. And we're going to shoot a game action and the stands have to be full. Oh, nice. And early on, when the, the Charleston Chiefs were horrible, the arena was kind of empty. Mm-hmm. The fans were, you could hear the fans screaming at the players how bad they were. <laughs> then, then when the brothers took over on New Year's Eve and played their first game and everything changed, then the arena became raucous. And then it, it became like a convention of hockey fans, all mm-hmm. types of hockey fans, doctors and lawyers and mothers and kids and bikers. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely amazing. So that's the background of how this movie got to where it was and then became so popular. Hey, we get to halftime before we move on to the second half and talking more about Slapshot and greatest hockey movie ever made. I want to remind you that our podcast is brought to you by Dixon Line Lumber and Home Center Stores. These people know what they're doing. John, when it comes to projects, if you're going to do it, you need help. If I'm going to do it, I know I need a contractor who will get his supplies at Dixie Line Lumber. That's what Dixie Line is all about. Yeah, they're all about, you know, just really helping out homeowners, helping out contractors. One of the cool things they do in San Diego is they cover all these different types of decking material. Because people always want to fix up their backyard, make it an outdoor living kind of a setup. Uh, they've got great lumber, a lot of composites there to really set up your backyard nicely. Now. Dixie Line does special things for Christmas, holiday gift cards, too. Mm-hmm. Unique and different Christmas gift idea. Just explain that. Yeah. So, you you know, it's like, what are you going to get dad for Christmas, you know? And you go down to Dixie Line, they got a lot of really cool tools, power tools. Um, they, they've got just a lot of neat things. Like if your dad is like has like a wood shop or it likes to build things. Oh, my God. They got so many great, so much great stuff there. It's like a toy store. And, yeah, they've got gift cards. They pass them out. So go check them out at Dixie Line. And Check out the website, DixieLine.com. John, before we move to the second half of our Slapshot podcast here, just tell the people about how they can become part of our team. Because as we've hit the one-year anniversary, this thing has exploded. And now we're opening up. We're looking for people to join our team with our, quote, Insiders Group. Yeah, the Hacksaw Insiders Group, man. This thing's blowing up. We're, we're getting people signing on. You can sign up, too. So go to LeeHacksawHamilton.com. And in the upper right corner, there's an orange box. Just fill out your name and your email. Get added to our list. We're sending out the best 15 minutes in radio every day. Just sent that out earlier today um, with all the info. We've got a ton of really creative ideas. We've got planned for 2024, but we're just getting this going. So if you want to be part of the Insiders Group, go to LeeHacksawHamilton.com and sign up. And we want you part of our team. And by the way, we want you to subscribe to everything we do. John, tell them how that works so they'll get all the alerts of all the unique things we're doing almost every day of the week. Yeah, like literally every day of the week. So when we do the the live stream podcast twice a week, that's on Mondays and Thursdays at three o'clock Pacific time. But then we're breaking up all the content and sharing it on social media. And, you know, so you want to like, follow, share and subscribe Lee Hacksaw Hamilton on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, threads, we're everywhere. And be sure to subscribe wherever you get your audio only podcast. On we go. Second half of our special podcast talking about the hockey movie Slapshot. This is one of the unique scenes of all. 
And this kind of encapsulates everything about what minor league hockey in the North American Hockey League in the era of Slapshot was all about. Okay, guys, show us what you got. Told you what minor league hockey was like in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, with these guys arriving. Next question, John. <laughs> okay, next question. <laughs> I mean, that is just unbelievable video <laughs> clips right there. But let's, uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit about you know what it was like, you know, being with the team because I know you traveled with them. I was the voice of the Mohawk Valley Comets for four years in the North American Hockey League as a schedule card. Um, we had a favorite term. It's called the Brotherhood of the Bus. In the lower minor leagues, you don't fly. You take bus trips. Our bus trips would go anywhere from three to six to nine hours one way. We did not stay in hotels, motels. We bussed in. We played. Normally got beat, got on the bus, came home. Everybody in the league did it that way. Uh, I was the voice of the Mohawk Valley Comets, which had a great history in the lower minor leagues in the 60s, one of the best teams of all time in minor league hockey, but it fallen on hard times. I was there from 1971 to 1974, but we were in the North Division. We'd play Utica, Syracuse, Binghamton. Those are pretty close, but we would play Cape Cod and Johnstown. We'd go to Lewiston, Maine, Beauce, Quebec. The league was spread out all over the Northeast. So just think about all those hours of being on a bus trip so you could get there to play at seven o'clock that night. Well, you were probably right around the same age as a lot of the players on Very the bus. Much so I was I was twenty four, I think, when I started. Funniest story: the first first month that I got there, I got there right at the start of the season, nineteen seventy one. I'd come from Small Market Appalachia. I took this job in Utica, doing sports and news, and being the voice of the Comets. I saw the pocket schedule like that, and I opened it up. I said, oh, look at that. We're going on the Southern Division tour right around Christmas. Mm. You know, <laughs> Utica is in a snow belt. Right. I mean, when winter arrives, November 1st, winter arrives. Mm -hmm. It's cold and snowy and it never ends. We're going on a deep south trip. That's cool. Southern Division had Suncoast, which was Tampa, Jacksonville, Greensboro, Charlotte, Roanoke Valley. We're going in the sunshine for a whole week on a roadie. I did not realize it was five games and five nights in five different cities. Oh, man. On the bus. We stayed in one hotel 
the whole time. We Now, they took this huge old bus, they cut out the back, all the back seats, and they built bunks. There were three levels of bunks. Really? In the bus. And we slept on the bus going nine hours. So in one case, <laughs> I think we went 17 hours because I think we went from Mohawk Valley all the way to the Sun Coast of Tampa. And all we did was stop to get fuel and stop to eat. Wow. And then back on a bus. Five, you know, here, dummy me. Hey, we're going in the deep south. Five games in five nights in five cities. And you're bunking on the back of the bus there. And we got killed in every one of the games. The last game we played was against the Roanoke Valley Rebels, who got beat 9-1, got on the bus, came all the way home, and had to play a Sunday afternoon game. Unbelievable. Yeah, it was just, the lifestyle was amazing. Everybody there was a young guy. They were 19, 20, etc., I was a 24-year-old broadcaster on the bus. Here's the most unique thing, because everybody was the same. I made friendships with a couple of broadcasters in the league. One guy is a kid that did the Long Island Ducks, Eli Gold. He's the voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide to this day doing football. Wow. Yeah, cool guy. Another guy was the voice of the Erie Blades, John Paul Della Camera. Oh. You turn on TV... He's doing World Cup soccer. That's right. Still. Yeah. JP, good guy. Mm-hmm. Another guy uh, was in Binghamton. Andy McWilliams became one of the TV voices of the Cincinnati Reds. Nice. And the last guy, aside from me, who went to the NFL, voice of the Chargers, Seahawks, and Sports Talk Radio, last guy was Bob Costas. Oh, I've heard of him. 24-year-old guy <laughs> drinking beer, riding buses for the Syracuse Blazers, and we all know what his career became. So think about that. Four young guys. Mm-hmm. All, that was our first jobs in play-by-play. Doing this wound up with pretty good careers. Yeah, I mean, that's the minor leagues for you, and you guys all made it to the majors. Yeah. Right, look at Go to the next picture, because this is really fun. That's our bus. That's the bus that was also used in a slap shot. <laughs> Let's get a big picture yeah. of it. There it so is. That's an old bus. They ripped out the back end of the bus, put all the bunks in. They put curtains up along the windows. We lived on that bus. The bus was called the Iron Lung. You took that bus everywhere. The only time you stopped was to get fuel or you ate at a Greasy Spoon restaurant. (laughs) I mean, you rolled in, you played, you got beat, you rolled out. The travel was brutal in the winter because there was so much snow and so much cold in the Northeast. And we're navigating these highways, especially going to Johnstown, Pennsylvania, which is through the mountains almost running off the road, almost running into a bridge abutment, into a gully. (laughs) And our players got really upset because that old bus, it was on its last legs and had a couple back windows that would not close all the way. So here is in the middle of winter in upstate New York and in Pennsylvania and wherever we're going on the New England, and it's snowing and it's cold and the wind is kind of blowing in. The players were bitching. The coach coach (laughs) went to the back. He told the players, he kept looking at me, he told the players, it's an honor to play pro hockey. And I'm looking at myself and saying, you're kidding me. An honor. For, everybody's bundled up because it's so cold back there. Right. We had some trips where the heat heat didn't work. I do remember one night in the middle of the night, I woke up at 3 a.m. coming back from maybe Cape Cod. And I said, did Howard Cosell actually start his career this way? <laughs> Howard Cosell. Yeah. Guys would play cards. They'd read books. They'd be arguments. We had a fist fight in the back of the bus over somebody stealing another player's sandwich. It was just amazing. And after the game, you drink beer, knock yourself out and go to sleep because six or eight hours home is a, is a long trip home. Here's a picture of my team. 
This was the Mohawk Valley Comets team my last year there. And this is where Slapshot came from, and a bunch of those guys played. We used to call where everybody wanted to go the Big Apple. Mm -hmm. Where we were in the North American Hockey League in Slapshot was the Crab Apple. (laughs) And players would bitch. It was a culture shock. We had number one draft picks that came from the WHA. These kids had they were bonus babies. They had money. They had cars. They had pretty young wives. We had guys that were career journeymen, age 35, trying to hang on for dear life. We had guys that had played in college. In college hockey, you play at Cornell or you, you play at Harvard. You play one or two games a week. It's kind of an easy life. You practice the rest of the time. You go to class. You play... You know, you only travel to Boston University or Boston College or Vermont. You're not traveling nine hours one way. So we had all those guys coming. We had 20-year-old players from junior hockey. We had guys, we had a guy who had a master's degree from Mm -hmm. McGill University in Montreal. He wanted to see if he could make it in the NHL. He came and played. But the culture of that dressing room was so diverse and so weird. And we found out one of our players had been in prison. (laughs) <laughs> on a felony assault charge. <laughs> wow. So we we just had a lot of unique and really diverse guys. The one thing that was unique, though, is that WHA hardly took any of her players up. It's different than it is today where the NHL, where the Anaheim Ducks call guys up from San Diego almost on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. Our guys came here, and they, for the most part, they st- stayed here the whole season. We had... We had a New York Ranger draft pick. I think it was a second-round draft pick. Had been playing in Toledo in the IHL. They sent him to Mohawk Valley, which is a kind of a step down. He drove all night through a snowstorm. He got to our practice rink, which was an old cement barn. He got back in his car and he told his wife, "I am not playing here." He drove all <laughs> the way back through the snow back to Toledo. He eventually wound up joining us. Turned out to to do well. Uh, the players, players' wives. You talk about culture shock for players. How about these young girls coming with their husbands, or in some cases their boyfriends, and coming to the lower minor leagues, and they hated it. We had we had one player's wife being in a, a pub in a bar. That's how you killed time, right? And that that happened all the time. We had one player's wife that she started to refer to our city, Utica, New York. <coughs> she referred to it as Uterus, New York. Just, <laughs> and that, that made the newspapers. Um, and that era, not only were they coming from different hockey backgrounds, they came from different culture backgrounds. We had some kids from Quebec, and that was in the 70s, right in the middle of the French separatist movement oh, yeah. in the province of yeah. Quebec. And these, these French-Canadian kids would sit there and argue with the Canadian kids from Western Canada about why Quebec should be a private, separate country from the rest of Canada. And and all this stuff was going on. And the bar scenes and the locker room, mind games, it's all true in the movie. Um, We had a a defenseman by the name of John Brophy, very famous minor league player, became coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. John Brophy played 19 years in that league. 19 years of hamburgers and drinking beer. Wow. And... And another guy by the name of Jim Red Eye Hay, a former Indian who mm. played in that league. He was a hatchet man. Well, <laughs> how much were the players and the, uh, getting paid? I mean, you probably were working for Peanuts, too. Yeah, they were getting paid 300 to $400 a week. But that's not bad money back 
in the 1970s. I that's, guess. that's true. Yeah. But there was only a, f- a six month contract because you're only paid during the course of the season. Mm-hmm. But they were all all looking, you know, obviously to get to the, the Big Apple to get to the show. Uh, let's talk for a second about the Carlson brothers. The biggest incident they were ever involved in was a brawl in our building in Mohawk Valley in Utica. Mm. We played them. And they, by that point, they had propelled Johnstown from dead last to right close to first place. And they went in and they brawled all the time with everybody. <laughs> so one of the brothers scored a goal. And these guys were not gifted goal scorers, but a guy put the puck in the net. And he's skating back to the bench. And our fans who hated those guys, hated that team, somebody threw something. I, I thought it was a cup of ice. Uh, in the movie, they said it was a keychain. Somebody threw something at one of the brothers as he got on the bench. And he went over that bench, over the plexiglass, up into the stands. The whole <laughs> team went over the plexiglass. I was sitting, the press box in Utica was at the top of the, of the seats, mm-hmm. going down to the bench area in the ice. And I was writing on my sheet, such and such, Hanson brothers scored a goal with the time and who got the assist. And I look up, and these guys are coming up swinging sticks at the fans. <laughs> it's a true story. It's portrayed in the movie. Mm-hmm. At the end of the game, the police came into the building, went downstairs to the dressing rooms, and arrested the three Carlson brothers, the Hanson brothers, <laughs> put them in handcuffs. In They were still in their jerseys with mm-hmm. their pants, put their shoes on. Walked him across the street, walked him right out the front door of the arena across the street to the Utica jail. They're all charged <laughs> with assault. Really? Yeah. So that that's the story of, of Slapshot, the storylines. Like I said, 95% of it is true. I wish, you know, sports fans and executives, I wish people would spend a year in the minor leagues, whether it's minor league baseball minor league hockey because that lifestyle is so hard it's not like young players going to the nba right it's not like nfl guys on the developmental taxi squad Mm -hmm. it's just a really different world boys on the bus how cool i mean i got so many stories and wayne gretzky who knew i had done hockey and i got to know him pretty well when he was with the la kings and I went on the road with my talk show when the Kings were going through the Stanley Cup finals and we broadcast from Toronto and Montreal. Uh, and he and I sit and talk about then. He came up with the with the nickname, the brother, Brotherhood of the Bus. And it really was. So anyhow, that's the sum story of Slapshot, where it came from, what I experienced my first year first four years in minor league hockey and then how I vaulted and I wound up going to the World Hockey Association in Cleveland and then the NHL and the WHA merged and everything changed. But uh, that's why I got addicted to the movie. That's why I think it's so cool. That's awesome. So you say like 95% of the movie is is real. I oh, mean, yeah. it happened in real life. I mean, what were the, what's the other 5%? Would they, they do some theatrical extra stuff? Yeah, it had little Hollywood trappings. Like I don't think mm-hmm. the Carlson brothers went to the team hotel with race cars in their suitcase, and they played, <laughs> they played race cars mm-hmm. in the hotel room. But the stuff with bars and babes and women and fights. 
Hell yeah. that, all that stuff is true. Well, there was probably groupies too. Oh, like in some of these. Think? See, you're talking about wives and girlfriends, but there's a whole other category. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it, it, it it's really interesting. I think back now, and I've still got some friends that I communicate with who were in minor league hockey when I was, and we laugh and tell stories about it now. It was so hard. That that was the most stunning thing to me was, like I said, I woke up in the middle of the night on one bus trip and said, this is how Howard Cosell started his career. <laughs> Howard Cosell. So, but it was fun. I mean, On the iron lung. Yeah. My, my most exciting thing when I got to the World Hockey Association is I got to broadcast from Maple Leaf Gardens. That's the cool. Historic gondola. And I walked around that building. This is the old Maple Leaf Gardens, and it's like a museum. I mean, they have pictures of all decades of players and action shots and team photos. And you walk in the Maple Leaf dressing room, and they have pictures of every Maple Leaf team spread all the way around. Just just cool. And I got to go to the Montreal Forum, which was like going to heaven because it's Les Canadiens. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Blue Blanc Rouge, the Flying Frenchman, and to walk around the old Montreal Forum. And I went to Quebec City, where I think I was the only one in the building that spoke English. Because <laughs> in, in Quebec City, yeah. the head of the, you know, the, the home of the separatist movement that didn't work out, they wouldn't talk English. You want to get in a taxi cab to go to the arena, mm. to go to Colisee? No parlez anglais. Well, come on, you do speak English. No parlez anglais. So I had to use my fractured high school French to tell them where I needed to go. Mm-hmm. And it just dropped me crazy because a public address announcer would make all these announcements about goals, assists, penalties, and all that in French. And I'm on the air trying to do a broadcast, trying to figure out, because we did a one-man broadcast, what's he saying? So, And then to go out west... I had never been to Western Canada. I fell in love with Western Canada, and I went to Edmonton. I went to Calgary. I went to Winnipeg, and Winnipeg's radio booth was at center ice, way at the top of the building. I had to walk along a catwalk. Really? And I'm not real good at heights, <laughs> and I'm holding on to my equipment and my bags, and I'm holding on this catwalk, and oh then you God. step down, and you're in the radio booth, but you're right over the ice. And to see Bobby Hall and all the great Winnipeg Jet players was just fascinating, so... Cool experience. We all come from somewhere, and part of my somewhere was minor league hockey. They wound up eventually, when I got sidetracked, going to the Pac-12 conference, do Arizona State Sun Devil football, and then the NFL to be the voice of the Chargers and then the Seattle Seahawks. But we all come from somewhere, and I came from slop shot. What a career, man. I mean, that's just incredible. (laughs) And, you know, there's a lot of hockey fans here that— enjoy what you offer because not many sports people cover hockey, especially in Southern California. But yeah, you've got the street cred to talk about it. So it was fun. Final comment. Our podcast brought to you by Dixieline Lumber and Home Center Stores. Nine locations to serve you. They've been in business for over 100 years. you got projects. These are going to be your best teammates. Visit them. Go to the website. Take a tour. See what they've got to offer. Dixieline Lumber and Home Center Stores. John, we educated you a little bit. There will be an exam tomorrow morning at 7 a.m., so be ready to answer questions about Puck. Puck, yeah. You know, we talked a little about the WHA. That's the part that I didn't know enough about, the history of the game. But great sharing the stories with you. Cool stuff. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll do another one of these down road. We'll talk about some of the great baseball movies, football movies, what's happened in basketball, and some of the other offbeat video movies, too. We say thank you for being with us. Hope you'll join us again next time on Hacksaw's Headlines. Join us again for Hacksaw's Headlines on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. And find the audio version on your favorite podcast app. Touchdown, San Diego!
For more content, go to LeeHacksawHamilton.com.